Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. We have an amazing show for you. We'll be talking about Texas win over Kansas in a thriller last night in Austin, Texas. I'll tell you why the University of Texas football program may have got a big boost in the recruitment for Arch Manning over the last few days. And towards the end of the show, I'll give you a quick recap of the Texas baseball alumni game this past Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts make sure you subscribe to locked on longhorns on youtube where we post exclusive content and full podcast episodes will be on the youtube channel every day coming real soon so thank you as always subscribe like comment share tell me what you think about the channel and let's talk some longhorns athletics so last night i was watching the game and you know texas uh, really came out in the first half and, and i thought they did some really good things Trey Mitchell, I said, you know, for them to win the game, that somebody in burnt orange was going to have to be the best player on the court. In the first half, that was Trey Mitchell getting to the free throw line, um, really dominating in the post. He was 0 for 5 for 3 before that miraculous 3 at the end uh, where he banked it in. That probably was the biggest shot. Sometimes that's just how things go. Uh, the biggest shot of the game uh, was, the, was the one that he banked in, but he was clanking them before that. I mean, you know, he couldn't, you know, didn't look like he could throw a beach ball in the ocean from three point at first, but he hit the biggest shot of the game. And then in the second half, of course, it was Timmy Allen, uh, just, you know, from the mid range, just really like an old school game. Uh, you see so many threes nowadays. I don't even think he attempted a three. Uh, he did not attempt a three, actually. He went 11 for 17 from the field, just getting to his spots in the mid range. Um, and getting to the free throw line as well on some on some uh, and one. So those really were the two best players on the court, Trey Mitchell in the first half, Timmy Allen in the second half. You have to talk about Courtney Ramey's defense on one of the best players in the country. Abaji uh, held him to seven shot attempts, really was just in his face all day, made it uncomfortable for him. And, you know, this was a game where I thought Texas outplayed Kansas the entire time. And it was going to be one of those games where, you know, sometimes you, you just outplay, you know, Kansas may be the more talented team, um, and of course, you know, Texas has a lot of talented transfers that are still gelling. But this was, it looked like one of those games, especially where Kansas took a four point lead with men, one minute left. It looked like one of those games where the, t- the more talented team just finds a way to win, even though they've been outplayed all game. And I thought Texas outplayed them in the first half and majority of the second half. Uh, but, you know, sometimes the offense just, just bogged down. There was like, you know, a couple, three, four minute stretches where Texas couldn't get a field goal. Them getting to the free throw line a couple times saved them in those stretches and then their defense on Kansas, even though Kansas had 76 points before that game, Texas was 0 for 6 when they allowed more than 60 points. So this is their first win allowing more than 60 points and they allowed 76. So um, that's just a, a testament to what they were able to do on offense in this game from Trey Mitchell, Timmy Allen, and some other you know key contributors at times. Uh, but Courtney Ramey and his defense – um, on Abaji, like I said, with him only having seven shot attempts, that's one of the best players in the country. He averages 20 points a game. He only had 11. Courtney Ramey went on a 7-0 run in the second half himself. Uh, this is really ironic. So the last three wins by the Texas basketball program, they've ended the first half on a 5-0 run. They ended the game, uh, first half against Tennessee on a 5-0 run, and it's usually a two and a three-pointer. Uh, they ended 
the Iowa State game on a 5-0 run. And in this game, we saw the uh, the half-court uh, miraculous shot over three defenders by Marcus Carr uh, to give them a five-point lead at halftime. And I thought that kind of carried them in the second half, even though Kansas uh, was able to, to, you know, take the lead in the second half. And once Kansas went up 76-72 with a minute left, I thought that Texas did a really good job of keeping their composure. Of course, they probably don't win without, you know, Trey Mitchell's uh, Hail Mary. <laughs> and and it, it was a regular three, but the way he was shooting them, uh, it, it felt like a Hail Mary to the Longhorns fans. But they went on a 7-0 run to close out the game. Um, and their defense, they really kind of won it with their defense at the end, even though Marcus Carr made two free throws. Uh, they just got in their face and, and, and forced Kansas into some turnovers. Texas won the turnover battle 15-7, to and I thought that was really key. Um, but ultimately, it just came down to, to Timmy Allen being the best player on the floor. And every time he really got into that mid-range, got to a spot, he made clutch shots, including um, the one that kind of was the dagger uh, at the end, especially when Kansas wasn't able to get up a real shot attempt. So a really huge win for Texas, the biggest win of the year. And, and I thought what was really cool was, you know, there's a lot of talk on Twitter about, you know, Texas has a certain standard and it should the fans be storming the court. After, you know, beating the number 18, we were at home, but we're also ranked number 20th. So how big of a win was it? Um, and, you know, I I look at it from both sides. I, I definitely look at it and say, you know, Texas is ranked. We're one of the best teams in the country. We're going to be a top four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. So I don't know if we should be storming the court to, to beat uh, Kansas. I think this is a team that really thought they could beat Kansas. And like Chris Beard said after the game, you know, we have a higher ceiling for this program. So this is a great win. Uh, because of his the respect that he has for Kansas, the respect that he has for Bill Self in that program. This is the first time that Kansas under Bill Self has lost three straight times to any team. And this is their third straight loss to the University of Texas basketball program. Um, but I also think that, you know, we want the excitement. It's one of the last games. It's the last time we play Kansas, um, unless something unforeseen happens. This is the last time we play Kansas in the Irwin Center. Um, it's a really big game, and we we wanted the excitement for the fans, especially for the basketball team. We wanted them to come out um, to show up and show out, and they did that, you know. And if they were happy, they were excited. They wanted to to storm the court and, and embrace Andrew Jones and Timmy Allen and, and all of them after the game. Uh, that just shows the level of excitement and intensity that was in the building. So, like I said, it, it's it's two sides of that. You know, maybe Texas was uh, too good of a team yesterday, or, or has too high of a standard to be storming the court in that situation. Usually, you see that against you know heavy underdogs or, you know, teams that aren't ranked versus like a number one or number two team. But like I said, it just goes back to the intensity that was in the building and the Texas basketball players deserved it for the show that they put on. Um, really just these last couple of games, they've done such a good job. Uh, it, it happened a couple of times, but they've just done such a good job of getting to their spots, getting up shots, especially with Timmy Allen in the mid range or Trey Mitchell in the first half, just dominating down low, being more decisive on offense. Um, and they didn't shoot great. I thought Kansas defended them really well. Uh, but the key was they won the turnover battle 15 to 7, scored over 20 points off of those turnovers. Same thing they did against Iowa State. And then the second thing was they got to the free throw line and they shot 87% from the free throw line, 20 of 23 attempts. And so that's where your easy buckets come from. Kansas did a really good job defending them. And Kansas shot uh, way better from the field than Texas did. Texas only shot 41.8% from the field while Kansas shot 58.3%. And then Texas only made three threes, went 15% from the three-point line. And so to offset that, you have to get easy buckets in a game like this. And that's what they did uh, at the free throw line. And then, of course, Trey Mitchell and Timmy Allen were just the best players on the court. So a great win by Texas, the biggest win 
in, in Chris Beard's short tenure at the University of Texas and the biggest win for this program. Um, gives them a huge boost as they have to travel to Waco, Texas on Saturday to play Baylor. But now I'm feeling really good about this game. Uh, Baylor has struggled of late, and we saw the last time we saw them, they did not look great against Kansas. And so I'm looking for UT uh, to go in that game and, and keep this momentum rolling. So, you know, a big hooker, you know, a, a loud hooker to, to all my Longhorns fans listening. Uh, and let's keep it going. This this team is really exciting. Um, and the way they're playing defense, the, start, the way they're starting to play on offense, uh, I think they can really make some noise in the Big 12 and NCAA tournament. So, you know, let's see what they do, Longhorn Nation. Coming up next, I'll tell you why the possible addition of David Cutcliffe to Steven Sarkeesian's staff may give us a huge boost in the March for Arts, the recruitment of Arch Manning. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in Los Angeles all week covering the big game. And if you want to wager on this game, make sure you go to betonline.net. All right, Longhorn Nation. So Texas is currently in the running for the services of Arch Manning, uh, one of the more heralded uh, quarterback, really just high school prospects coming out of high school to college in the, in the last few years. And, and the pedigree uh, is a big reason for that. So Arch Manning is the nephew of Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. And if he's not a Hall of Famer, that's up for debate. Two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning. Arch Manning is the nephew of both of those iconic uh, uh, Manning family quarterbacks. And Texas is neck and neck with Alabama and Georgia. Ole Miss is still in the running, but many people believe that Ole Miss is kind of a distant fourth right now, that his decision is going to come down uh, to Texas, Oklahoma, excuse me, Texas, Alabama or Georgia, not Oklahoma. And we saw that Clemson kind of got knocked off his list in the last week. And Texas got some big news um, in in the in the the march for arts. I literally I really love that the the march from art march for arts or some people saying arch to Austin, you know. So there, there's some some the fans are getting creative with it, you know. And I like both of those. Um, so David Cutcliffe, the former coach at Duke from 2008 to 2021, 24/7 Sports is reporting that David Cutcliffe, there is a good possibility that he will join Steven Sarkeesian's staff in an off-the-field capacity. And so I saw some more, they said, kind of like in an analyst role. But really, and I'm about to explain the connection, this is a really big chess move by Steve Sarkeesian in the recruitment of Arch Manning, the number one quarterback and number one overall prospect in the 2023 class. So when Peyton Manning was at Tennessee, originally – he was headed to Ole Miss, and he changed his decision to Tennessee to go to college. 
And a big reason for that was David Cutcliffe. David Cutcliffe ended up serving as his position coach and offensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee. And Peyton Manning really credits David Cutcliffe as one of the biggest reasons for his development throughout the years. Eli Manning was also coached by David Cutcliffe. I hope you're starting to pick this up a little bit here. I hope you're catching up steam. I hope you're, you know, you're picking up what I'm dropping off right here. Eli Manning was coached by David Cutcliffe as well. At Ole Miss, he was recruited and coached by David Cutcliffe. And both Manning brothers have just such a a profound respect for David Cutcliffe that in the off seasons, they would travel to Durham, North Carolina. That's where Duke University is located. They would travel to Durham, North Carolina to to have regular throwing sessions and get advice uh, from Cutcliffe in the offseason. So they both, you know, really learned and developed under his tutelage, have a huge respect for him and, you know, credit him with with being the quarterbacks that they were in the NFL throughout their careers. And if you know Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the New York Giants, he worked under David Cutcliffe and a big reason that he went number six overall. Of course, there was some talent, and he had a, a fairly decent career at Duke. He had a good last year. Uh, but a lot of people looked at the work that he had done with David Cutcliffe and kind of the mentorship and tutelage that he had gave to the Mannings and projected that onto Daniel Jones. And that was a big reason um, that Daniel Jones went number six in that draft where a lot of people felt like he went kind of high. And it was because people have so much respect for uh, – just the coach and and teacher that David Cutcliffe is. And so now when you fast forward to 2022, we've already seen Sark bring on Gary Patterson um, and as an assistant to the head coach, which I thought was a great move because we know Gary Patterson from his time at TCU, um, there was some good and some bad, but he's definitely good enough to get another head coaching job elsewhere. And he decided to come on Sark's staff. I think David Cutcliffe, this is just an even bigger chess move. Um, one in the recruitment for Arch Manning, because if, if Arch is looking at the success that his uncles had in the NFL, you're talking about two of the most legendary quarterbacks, Peyton Manning uh, for his career and, and just what he did, winning two Super Bowls with the Colts and the Broncos. Like you said, you'll, you'll talk to a lot of people that think he is the best quarterback of all time. And then Eli Manning, he's a little more polarizing, but he did beat the GOAT Tom Brady in two Super Bowls. So these are two very accomplished quarterbacks, uh, four Super Bowl rings in that family. And I think if Arch has to look at of course, he might be looking past college, you know, at the, the level that he's at. You know, he has an NFL ceiling. And if he is going to look at the success that they had under David Cutcliffe, it would only make sense for him to say, OK, my uncle Peyton. He was taught and developed under David and look at the career he had. Eli was well, I would be next. And so I think that this gives Texas an edge in the recruitment, in the, the, the march for arts, in the arts to Austin. I think this gives them a little bit of, of, of edge over Alabama and Georgia. Of course, Alabama and Georgia already have a natural edge because of the success that they've had over the last few seasons and some of the talent on the roster. Um, but with David Cutcliffe coming in, and this, of course, could help other quarterbacks, but this is definitely a chess move in relation to the recruitment of Arch Manning by Steven Sarkeesian. If he's looking at the success that his uncles had in the NFL, it would only make sense for him to follow in their footsteps and be coached by David Cutcliffe. And for him to do that, he's going to have to likely commit to the University of Texas. So I I thought this was a great move. Um, I tried to, you know, just give you all of the reasons why, you know, people are pointing this to uh, being a chess move by Sark for 
Arch Manning. And, and I think this puts them in position to be uh, the leaders uh, for his commitment. Now, you know, of course, anything can happen. Alabama and Georgia are two outstanding programs. Uh, but for Texas, even to still be neck and neck with them and, and then to pull this off, you know, and like I said, 24-7 sports, it hasn't happened yet. 24-7 sports is reporting there is a good possibility this will happen. But if this does, you may see Arch Manning in Austin uh, in the next few years. And, and think about the ceiling of this program. Think about the transformation of this program really quickly. If you have the number one prospect, Quinn Ewers, from the 2021 class, and he plays for your program for two years, and then you bring in the number one prospect, Arch Manning, who may be even graded higher than Quinn Ewers, comes in, and he plays for two years, right? I mean, just think about the quarterback play you'll have at the 40 Acres for four years. So Sark and that staff is doing a really good job, and, and Texas football is back, baby. Coming up next, I'll recap the Texas baseball alumni game a little bit. I'll tell you who won and, you know, just kind of how they're rolling into the season. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Dot com. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube. Locked On Longhorns on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, share, like. Let me know what you think. Let's talk Texas athletics. I'm responding to all comments. I respond to all comments. So, you know, let's talk a little bit on the YouTube. Let me know what you think. So the Texas baseball had their alumni game on Saturday, and the alumni picked up the victory 8-6. to six. And, you know, it's the alumni had some current players on the team. So if the alumni can't field an entire team, then they use some current players um, to, to fill out the roster and the current players really <laughs> were the biggest reason that the alumni won. So sophomore Dylan Campbell, uh, he went four for five uh, with three RBIs and he hit a three run Homer, which was the, the, the biggest probably play of the game. He hit a three run Homer off of preseason big 12 pitcher of the year, Pete Hansen. Um, and then he also had a double. And then former Longhorn, Longhorn shortstop David Hamilton uh, went two for three with an RBI and two runs scored. Uh, an offensive show, uh, 21 hits, and the teams combined for 14 runs. Uh, but like I said, you know, Dylan Campbell of the current Longhorns was the biggest reason that the alumni team won. And that just gives you optimism for this season. Once again, the number one preseason team in the country. Uh, when you have players like Dylan Campbell, Ivan Melendez on the offensive end and then the pitching staff with Tristan Stevens um, and Pete Hanson. So I thought it was really fun. Uh, the alumni game, I was able to see uh, some of the highlights. I, I watched the Iowa state game on Saturday after they won. And then I was able to watch a little bit. I was watching the senior bowl too, and then watch some of, of this game, but it was just a cool uh, to see some of the former players and they had on, you know, their, their baseball Jersey, some of the players that are in the league, and uh, just a, a really cool thing that they do annually. And then see some of the new players kind of get warmed up, 
to the fans. They were signing uh, interview, excuse me, they were doing interviews, signing autographs and, and different things for the fans. And then they came out and, and put on a show for them. And now their first game is going to be, uh, they have a three-game series against Rice at home. Uh, it's going to be February 18th to 20th. Make sure you support your Texas baseball team this season. They have a really legitimate chance to win uh, the College World Series. They got really close last year, losing to Mississippi State, the eventual champions. But this is a team that's loaded on offense. Um, on the defensive side, they're really sound, and they have a great pitching staff. Um, and so, like I said, they have a really good shot to win their seventh College World Series this year. So make sure you catch a game, support your Texas baseball team, uh, to support all of your Texas athletics. Thank you for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. As always, make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube Locked On Longhorns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you need any ideas for your second listen, make that Locked On Bits, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bits, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Longhorn Nation. Peace.